Provide him with suitable weapons. Weapons of divine temper. A helmet, a shield. Mark! A sword. Find and fulfill your destiny. The myth. The magic. The mystery. The majesty. Destroy Windsor! Let loose the last of the titans. The Troubled presents The Soul of Detroit. The good. The evil. The danger. The daring. How may a mortal man face and defeat the Windsor? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Hey, kids, it's your old pal, ML Elric, here on The Soul of Detroit. I would like to apologize for our late start. Uh, we all got snowed in. And we had to dig out, except for our guest, Jerry Shields, who will be joining us with the weather report from Florida. So uh, get ready to hate Jerry Shields, but we're going <laughs> to... Before we get to Jerry, let me introduce the guys who were who were digging it, but not in like the, hey man, I'm digging it way. Uh, Mr. Mark Fellhauer, he of the, yeah. uh, he of the meticulous uh, pavement, and then... Oh. Uh, Sean Windsor, who just parked on the street like a dirtbag who doesn't care about trying to make uh, the roads clear for emergency vehicles. So, thanks, Sean. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, quite the treacherous trip, Sean. Thanks for uh, coming in. Well, sure. I was uh, doing it for you, Mark. And to ML's point, I am incredibly anal about clearing off my driveway and sidewalk, but I didn't do it for a week, and I got some really nasty letters from my letter carrier, my mailbox, about it. So, of course, I had to go out there. I got the full... I, my... My real solution was just to dump salt over the whole driveway. Why didn't you do it? I was it? mad. Why didn't I do it? I was busy. Really? I <laughs> thought it was because you were a capitalist. What? And you don't care about the person next to you. No, 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 no. I'm one of those uh, weirdos that clears off everybody's block. Exactly, because yeah. you're really a communist. You know. What are you talking about? I love you. ML, save me. Yeah, um, uh, before we get going, I need to read a disclaimer. Um, not because... My well-being has been threatened, but last week my mom was on the podcast. Um, She's great, and uh, and she. Well, anyway, let me just get right to it. Uh, <laughs> my mom was on the podcast last week, and she was funny. And even if she wasn't, you need to listen so she doesn't get out the wooden spoon and hit me because that really hurts. And she feels bad afterward, and I feel bad afterward. And then we have to get a new wooden spoon because people get grossed out if they know you're using a wooden spoon that had blood and hair on it. So if you listen to the podcast, it will save us pain and suffering and money. And she really is pretty funny, even if she talked a little, okay, maybe a lot too much for my taste. And hey, oh, wait. I hear the draw opening, so maybe I said too much already myself, so I better get going. But please listen to the podcast because I really don't want to get whacked again, even though my brother usually got hit more because he was a little slower than me, <laughs> speed-wise that is, because he's really quite clever and very good with his hands. You know, he went to the Berkeley School of Music in Boston and makes bass guitars, and he has a parrot named the infamous Daryl X, or something like that, which sounds goofy, but like I said, he got hit a lot in the head when we were kids, and sometimes if all the wooden spoons were broken, Mom used a metal spoon, and it had notches in it so water could go through it, like when you're serving pasta, but it also reduced the drag coefficient, so when she swung, you could hear it whistle a little, and there was minimal resistance as it moved through the air. So to reiterate, it would be 
great if you would go to iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or Google or wherever you find podcasts. If you went to our website, which fo- Facebook won't let us post, but you can find mlsoulofdetroit.com. Breathe. Also, Mom says to be nice to Sean Windsor and Matt Jennings unless you want to whack, too. And Breathe. she also said that my brother and I only got hit uh, because we deserved it. I guess Mom do knows best. Your mom is great. We should make her a regular contributor. How long did that take, by the way? And I'm sure you're... What's that? I don't know, proud of yourself, but uh, I think you made the right choice running for city council. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe don't write so much. Yes, uh, it's... Uh, I mean, I, you were probably smiling as you wrote that. I can just see your face. You are probably in your boxers. <laughs> maybe a t-shirt that said MLLic on it. and um, Maybe he has too much time on his hands. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this will be fun. I'm going to I'm gonna read a stream of consciousness free association piece, and I'm going to try to get to the point, but I'm really not. <laughs> I'm, I'm channeling Sean Windsor, but... Um, but yeah. So, anyways, uh, he's rattled. I love mom, that he's rattled right off the bat. My mom would appreciate it. If you Her mom was great. She said, uh, she's, she even likes Matt Jennings. She's a sweet, sweet lady. And the return of Matt today. What else oh, is going on? Yeah. Wait a second. I didn't approve that. Uh, not that I get any. Not that I get a vote. But uh. that's right. So, uh, well, I, I should tell you if you're looking for a new ride or you're trying to dig yours out. Maybe you need service. Maybe you need some repairs, or maybe it's just time for an oil change. Roy O'Brien Ford is the place to go. My mom, uh, the wielder of the wooden spoon, got her red Ford Focus wagon there. I think you heard her raving about it last week. It's got 109,000 miles, and she is still a satisfied customer. And she's not alone because Roy O'Brien has been taking care of customers for nearly 75 years. It may even be 75 years now from the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. And if you don't want to go there, go to their website, Roy O'Brien. .com. When you get there, that's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Jesse will help you out. You can also check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options. You can pick your deal, whether you want to lease it, finance it, or cash, or get the value of your trade-in. Apply for financing and schedule delivery of your new ride. If you go in person, no worries there. They're wearing masks. They're making social distancing. They got the shields and everything, but you can still kick the tires on a sweet ride, either new or used. Uh, they've got quite a selection of used cars on the lot there at Roy O'Brien. So if you go there, check them out. Make sure that you tell them that ML sent you. And to learn more, you can visit royobryan.com or give them a call at 888-566-5851 and let them know that, uh, that you appreciate them supporting this podcast because if they don't support this podcast, they ain't no podcast. So Roy O'Brien Ford. It's, uh, it's one of those days, too, where you think people are going to... Look at their car and go, I don't want a car anymore. I want something to get through all this snow. Oh, I'm, I think everybody's saying, uh, does my car have heated seats? Will it start yeah. remotely? Uh, do I need new tires? I got new tires just before uh, before the winter came, and they've got some good deals on mm. tires, and you're going to need them out there today. By the way, unless you spent four and a half years working in New Hampshire, drive slowly out there. Now, if, if you're you know, sort of ice road trucker stud like me, do what you do. But everybody else, t- take take it easy. <laughs> Thanks just be for that public service announcement. Just a little, a little something to, uh, just a little something to get you through the day. Um, we have a special guest. Jerry Shields is with us. He is the author of the front page: My Jagged Journey, recording American history from Reagan to Trump, and the host of the Retail Politics. Podcast. Let me tell you a little about Jerry before he really rubs it in with the weather report. He's originally from Philly, and he taught me a lot when I was an intern at the Allentown Morning Call. In fact, uh, Jerry is from a neighborhood uh, called Kensington, which is a neighborhood where 
everybody knows your name usually because they've been yelling it at you as they chase you home. <laughs> so it, you're not going to see Norm and those other guys there, but you may see a guy named Butch and a guy named uh, Patty and and a dude with a pipe. You were his intern though. Uh, no, I was an intern. Was uh, aunt, Jerry okay. was a, a staff member, but he was one of those dudes who always looks out for people. So that's good. When you're six foot tall with a mullet and an earring and you wear rollerblades to work and a bow tie, uh, you need people to look out for you. And, and Jerry's one of those dudes. But he taught me a rule that I use to this day. I don't give homeless people money, but I give them food because Jerry's one of these dudes mm. who looks after people and figures, you know, everybody's entitled to a certain level of decency and humanity. And uh, one of the many lessons I learned, and if you get his book, let me tell you something. It's on Amazon. Um, you will learn a lot about life and some funny stories and, and about journalism. And, and I, I read it and it, it reminded me of what a fun business this could be and, and, and how, how, how important it is that there's still people out there trying to, to get to the truth. So that's a big wind up, Jerry. I guess it's hot down there. Well, it's getting colder. They're having a cold front, 65 tonight. 65. So, um, yeah, people are getting their sweaters on and things like that. I enjoyed <laughs> your uh, your uh, disclaimer there, Mike. My mother majored in driving and then reaching in the back seat and smacking me in the head. <laughs> that was what she did. She was excellent at it. Never tore a rotator cuff. <laughs> Never tore a rotator cuff. Damn, that's 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 a that's a formidable woman. Well, we brought Jerry on today because we want to play a couple of voicemails. I think uh, this week was the seventh anniversary of a voicemail I received after the cops jacked me up in a church while trying to ask a city councilman a question. And and we've got a couple of voicemails we're going to play for you this morning. Um, and and it, it really just kind of, we, we want to give you some insights into what happens after you write a story and how in the same way that when you flood the yard at night, uh, to get the night crawlers you put that water down at the worms all come bubbling up and uh some of them you'd rather not have so mark why don't you play that that uh that voicemail that i got to listen press zero to delete got your ass kicked huh you're lucky i wasn't assigned to that detail because you'd be somewhere in a coma or worse you assaulted a police officer you disobeyed a direct order of the police officer better cop a plea. Yeah. You better leave that officer alone. Yeah. You were clearly the aggressor. Yeah. You think you're above the law. People don't like you. People yeah. don't like the news media. He's got one thing right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's proof right there. Do you see the people out there in the street rallying behind you for what you did? You just made yourself a ton of more enemies everywhere and they're all in uniform and they all carry a gun so you know you better get up off your high horse you uh, you're not all that and a bag of chips is the dip you're the dip you know <laughs> you are we've dip. seen how you try to cover oh they've got a lot of nice good officers they're covering your ass nah, you're not going to comprehend this i hope you play it on air because cop a plea, and that you'd never win a jury trial, and that because I vote against you, you'd be going to jail. Now you have a nice life. Now you better straighten your act out real soon. Didn't have a nice life. Bye bye. Yeah. Boy. 
so anyways, the police did investigate, and even though the video clearly showed police basically picking me up and throwing me against a wall. Yeah, this is the Cushenberry <laughs> um, situation, correct? Yes, and at, at the end of that investigation, I was found responsible for basically attacking the police by flying backwards. And that, guy, is, that guy was right, though. Yeah. <laughs> You're the dip. I'm the dip. Yeah, he kind of he kind of saved it at the end, right? You're not even the chips. You're, You're the, dip. the dips. So, so, so Jerry is uh, lots of great stories in his book. Uh, nothing about voicemail. So we thought we wouldn't steal his thunder in the book and and just bring Jerry in to talk about some of his favorite feedback from the people uh, that have crossed paths with him over a, a long and yeah. and storied career. Yeah, I mean, um, I remember one time we got a we got a secretary of uh, labor, um, you know, kicked out, and um, the one uh, clerk she she was working a desk, and she got a call and said, "Tell Shields he's a bastard." So uh, she walked over very sheepishly, and she said, "Jerry, a man called this morning, and he told me to give you a message. He says you're a bastard." And I said, if I told my mother and father once, I've told them a hundred times, don't call me at work. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of the voicemails I got were from reporters just tormenting me. I remember one day I picked it up and it was a, it was a murder. You got to call Mr. Lyon. You got to call Mr. Lyon. So I'm like, Mr. Lyon, I'm thinking L-Y-O-N. And I call and the guy answers and I say, hey, is Mr. Lyon there? He says, no, we don't have a Mr. Lyon. I said, the guy called, he says, Mr. Lyon. It was the Central Florida Zoo. It was uh, April 1st, and it was uh, the zoo. I'm calling the zoo asking for Mr. Lyon. And um, the other one was a woman called me. Um, I was doing the police beat, and she called in. She said, I just killed my parents, and I want my name in your paper. And she hung up, gave me the number. I'm like, oh, man, what do I do? Do I call the cops, or do I do the right thing, bring her in and interview her, and then call the cops? Uh, and then found out it was uh, it was one of our uh, one of our clerks who um, who called in with it. So, uh, yeah, I was more tormented by our own people. One, one time there was a story in which – um, there was a kid who wasn't allowed to graduate because he let a rat out in a student assembly the week before. And all the, all the kids scrambled, you know, fire. So uh, school wasn't talking. So I just went down and walked right on campus. And uh, they said I violated state law because you, got, you have to report to the principal's office. And I was like, hey, this is a public building. It's what we pay for. So I um, interviewed some kids. And as I got back, um, I got a call from a woman and she had a dispatcher's, uh, a radio dispatch in, in the background. She said her name was Sergeant Brooks and that I uh, was being charged with trespassing. So I said, fine. And I hung up the phone and was ready to go to the police department. And uh, the downtown reporters called and said, hey, hey, hey we're, it was Mary Brooks. We were on kids. So, yeah, they were more tormentors of me than um, than some of the readers. Jerry, you've uh, worked and covered government in, in many places, right? Baltimore, yeah. uh, oh, yes, federal yes. government. Was there a an area, either uh, the federal government or a city or a state government, that tended to give you a lot more shit for uh, the stories you wrote? Yeah, you know who was uh, uh, Baltimore was a lot of fun, and it was really well. It's a, it's a poor town, a lot of a lot of uh, poor people too. Areas that are just the most urban poverty you get. Um, but I think um, the one that really sticks out was uh, so Martin O'Malley. I wrote a story. He didn't show up at his buddy's um, 
didn't show up at his buddy's press announcement. And so I went to him and said, uh, hey, uh, where were you yesterday? And so he went into this long dissertation about the uh, the Irish history and De Valera and, you know, Jerry Adams and, you know, all this stuff. And um, he knew that I knew Irish history, so I didn't know why he was talking to me in code. <laughs> so I wrote a story the next day basically explaining that he was splitting with his buddy. His buddy was running for mayor, and now he was running for mayor. And it was a big deal because he was a white mayor in a black city. And uh, he thought the story was going to submarine his announcement and, and wreck his campaign. And so he, he called me up the next day and said, you fucker. And I said, uh, that's a badge of honor, Mr. Mayor. And then about a week <laughs> later, we were out. And uh, he had he had a new police chief. He had to hire a new police chief, and it was a white guy, which was controversial. But I got the story before the new police chief had a chance to announce it in New York. So he said, ah, my stuff's going to be on the pavement the next day. And o O'Malley turned to me and said, you fucker. And I said, Mr. Mayor, that is two times that you've called me that. And he said, Jerry, I say that with the utmost affection. <laughs> now, see, my knowledge of Baltimore and Baltimore city government uh, comes from Homicide, A Year on the Killing Streets, which is just a phenomenal book, and The Wire, of and course. The Wire, yeah. yeah. Were, you, were you there? Were you at the Sun then when that stuff was going I on? Got there just, I got there just after that, but I'll tell you a funny story about The Wire. So David Simon, well, he wrote Homicide, brilliant, The Wire. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had been playing around with screenwriting, and I sent him a... Um, a, a, a kind of a script for a, a show called Deadline, which would be like reporters, you know, following reporters around characters on and seeing what their stories are. And uh, I sent it to him and um, I, I was just happy he was willing to look at it. I mean, this guy's a genius, right? So he uh, sends it back and he says, Jerry, he says, I, you know, I read this four times and um, I just don't see anything interesting about newspapers or reporters well the fifth season of the wire yeah. was about <laughs> newspapers and reporters so oh, he found something interesting real quick <laughs> oh, how convenient yeah he's kind of famous for being real prickly i know that he appeared uh at ire i think one which is investigative reporters and editors for the annual conference one year when i was there and and uh i didn't i didn't make that session but people were telling me he came in and says, okay, first of all, no questions about homicide. No questions about the wire. And then he proceeded to tell everybody in the room, you know, what a bunch of assholes reporters were and everything. It's like, oh, weird. Wow. Way, yeah, to, way was, to win the room, Dave. You know, congratulations yeah, he, on all your success. <laughs> yes. He, he got kicked off Twitter one time. It was funny. They, they banned him for I don't know how long it was. But he was fighting with some Trumper, and he wrote um, Die of Boils. Why don't you die of boils? And Twitter just, you know, cut him right away. Well, then he was trying to Twitter through his wife and, and all that thing. So he was an interesting guy. I mean, brilliant. I mean, The Wire was exactly right on. Homicide yeah. was right on. Uh, he was he had an ability to drop into a place. He was down in New Orleans and did Treme. Had Treme, ability yeah. to drop in a place, just absorb the characters, sort of thing. But he was a very angry guy, and I didn't understand it because here's a guy with all the money, all the fame, and I, he just couldn't find that peace um, that that I, you think all that would bring, you know. Yeah, no, it's 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 a shame because I I know uh, when I think about um, all the experiences I've had, I've always when someone's shown me some kindness, I always try and, and show it to somebody later because you know it's you you want to the whole pay it forward thing's a little corny for me, but I mean you just want to it's the golden rule, right? And mm -hmm. so so Jerry was always great to anybody who needed help, and and so when you reach out to somebody else and they're kind of like. 
yeah, I don't really have time for you, man. It just, it, I don't, I don't, I just can't process that. I mean, I'll go out of my way to help somebody just because I'm like, thank God somebody's not calling me up to say, exactly, get the hell exactly. out or, you know, yeah. the rent's due and the deputy's on the porch. I mean, it yeah, just, it just exactly. doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Exactly. But, yes. But hey, that's the way it goes. So in terms of interacting with the public, you know, you, you, uh, you, you're a guy who goes out there, you go see people where they live. You're not afraid to knock on a door. Um, any, any moments you remember where, where you kind of said, whoo, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Or, uh, I, I wish yeah, I, I wish I played uh, that a little yeah. differently. Yeah. I remember one time, uh, there was this great, for it was down here in Florida. There was a fortune teller and she, um, <laughs> she stole like $10,000 from an old couple. So they said, you know, go to her house. And so, you know, she's just come back. Hey, I don't have no respect. And I knock on her door and she opens the door and she says, uh, what can I do for you? And I said, you don't know. I mean, what kind of fortune teller are you? You know what I'm here for, you know? <laughs> But, um, sure yeah. she took so, that well. Yeah, there were there were um there were there were there were times when you had to go nose to nose. Sometimes there was a there was a guy who was an engineer down in Jersey. Jersey was so corrupt at the time, but I mean everywhere is I guess. And his name was Colangelo. And you know this one woman was covering the the, the, the sewer authority. It was basically a crap plant, and um, she was just digging into them front page every day, and. Um, he she she went she wanted a document she wanted some records and she held up and and she gave him a check and it bounced so he this guy he was a junkyard dog he had one eye that was a different color bug eye you know and he stood up at the meeting and waved the check and said uh hey um look at this you know so she came back in tears and my boss you know he kind of pulls the don Corleone and brings me in the office i want you to go cover this commission and i don't care how long it's gonna take i want you to I want you to document any penny they ever spent. So I, Mike remembers this story because I spent. I, I basically set up an office in yeah. the uh, in the in their office and had to bring me all the documents. So this guy Colangelo, this junkyard dog guy, he finds out. And uh, the you know the first time I met him, I asked him if he would sit down with me and tell me you know kind of what he does, and he said you'll never get it right. So I went to this meeting and he was fuming that I was looking at all these records because he was basically he was doing engineering projects and messing them up on purpose so they could give him another engineering project. It was, it was millions of dollars. And um, he, he started running at me and he's like, I'm going to, you know, you keep this up and I'm going to sue you and I'm going to. And I said, Mr. Colangelo, you remember last time when we met and I asked you, um, I wanted to sit down with you and ask you what you did. And he said, yes. And I said, you remember what you told me? And he said, yes. And I said, what was that? He said, you'll never get it right. And I said, well, Mr. Kalanji, you know what I'm doing now? I'm getting it right. And he just jumped at me and all his guys held me, held him back. And I just laughed. I just looked over my shoulder and laughed at him. So that was probably the most tense. We had a big guy in uh, Baltimore too, George Baylog. He was gigantic. We called him the boss. And again, you know, contracts and the campaign contributors and all bit. But, um, you know, with a guy like the boss, and some of these guys, you just had to go nose to nose. It was like an umpire and a manager fighting over a call. You know, you just had to, you just had to go nose to nose and, and stand with them sometimes. And, you know, they were bullies. They weren't used to getting punched back. So once you punched them back, you know, that was the end of that. Do you think that we still have a lot of that, uh, that, um, uh, wherewithal in the reporting ranks now, you know, there's so many people who start out, 
who uh, I'll get contacted by student reporters who will say, um, hey, uh, I sent you some questions. Can you, you know, type your responses and send them to me? I'm like, so wait a minute, so now I'm interviewing myself and taking notes? I mean, you got <laughs> this isn't journalism what's going on with that that is interesting because you know i think that you know when we back in the day we had more people on staff so i always thought that the best stories were out on the street get out you know get out of your desk and if you're in the newsroom you're not doing your job i mean you got to be out there so um i worked a little bit for the prisons after um after i got out of the business and i used to get those all the time they would lay out the questions i would have two hours to put my answers together i just you know shape them and form and it was just lazy and if a person called me there was 10 times better uh chance that i was going to screw up and uh this one kid called me one day and you you'll probably know this whole situation so the immigration trump comes in he's fighting putting down on immigration so we had a policy that we would not hold people in in the jail if they were released immigrants who were not documented and um so um we it was just a constitutional question it was a legal question so uh one day governor hogan's out on the trail talking tough and he said uh he, he said uh you know i'll uh, you know i'll release them and um i'll hold them i'll hold them for immigration so um the reporter called me up and without me knowing what hogan said I gave her the policy. No, we don't release them. And so on the front page of the post of the sun, it said, Governor Hogan said this, but Jerry Shields said this. And I was like, oh, man, contradicting the governor on the front page of the Baltimore Sun. But he was cool. He he understood that it was all, you know, kind of politics. Yeah, no, he's I I see uh, I see Larry Hogan all the time now on the Sunday on the Sunday evening shows. And he looks like he's trying to bring the Republican party back to where it was a little while ago. So that's a guy someday you might be able to say you contradicted the president of the United States on the front page that's of the right. Baltimore sun and, and live to tell. Well, uh, my wife, Teresa Baldis is a reporter at the free press and she and Gina Kaufman just finished a story talking about some of the, uh, uh, I guess what we'll say overexcited Americans who went to Washington on, on January 6th to, uh, to, uh, witness the certification of Joe Biden as our next president. Maybe that's the nicest way <laughs> I can possibly put it. And and they documented all these folks from Michigan who went down there and, and, and were involved in one way or another. And since they got back are now like, Oh, I wasn't really that. I really didn't, you know, I didn't really do what, what people said I did. And after that story ran, she got, uh, she got a voicemail that I'm afraid to say is a little more typical of the kind of voicemails reporters are getting these days. Hey, Baldass, did um, Willie Brown's whore, also known as Camilla Harris, um, cause the looting, arsonist, and rioting to spread during the summer when she um, was contributing to the Minnesota Freedom Fund that bailed out arsonist, looters, and rioters? Did Harris go on TV and encourage the rioting, looting, and arsonist during the summer, causing it to continue? Why would you learn about that, Baldass? You radical left race hustling cop hater nut. Write about Willie Brown's whore Harris causing rioting, looting, and arsonists to spread like wildfire during the summer. Where's your coverage on that ball bass? So, uh, just for the record, I obviously this gentleman uh, is not. F- familiar with the phonetic uh, pronunciation but it, it's baldus not bald ass but I'm sure she's uh, never heard that one before either yeah. by the way <laughs> yeah so uh so if you're listening sir um 
Uh, although maybe with all this snow, perhaps perhaps the electricity you're stealing from your neighbor in the trailer park has cut off your your internet feed, and you can't hear that. But maybe you'll you'll catch the audio download later. But it's 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 baldest. Well, but, but to, but to that point, Jerry, like what do you what do you make about the just pure hatred of uh, the media today? Well, I think a, a part of it is interesting because I think back in the day it was all democratic, right? I mean, all the all the reporters would pretty much identify as Democrats, and then when Fox News came along, Rush Limbaugh, then you had Glenn Beck, who was really, really, um, he was a, a pioneer in that, you know, with his charts and things. Mm-hmm. And then we end up, so you know, the Republicans have finally gotten their voice, and so it's it's two and two, and and um, I don't have much of a problem with them having their voice. Um, I think the critics say, hey, they're not they're not distributing the facts. Now we got QAnon, which is just that's just over the top. So um, I think that's caused a lot of the I think that's caused a lot of that division, that 50 50, because the Democrats watch Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo and, you know, Republicans watch Sean Hannity and, you know, whoever else is on there. So and they're really um, feeding their uh, their viewers and their readers almost what they want to see. I guess the one that I'm most surprised at and you work for The New York Post, but how The New York Times you know, and there, there seems to be a little issue there with even the reporters admitting like we feel like we can't express an opinion. Are you surprised to see the New York times become what it's become, you know, the paper of record? Yeah, I am very surprised. I was actually watching CNN, um, just around the election. And I think they had the Washington times, Washington reporter. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe the view she was, she was delivering. Of course they were anti-Trump and that's okay, but she's got to cover them every day. And she really shouldn't be on there doing that. I, I, I've always had a, a difficulty with, um, reporters being on there and expressing their views. I mean, they're smart. They can analyze it. Um, anytime, like I went on C-SPAN, it was mostly us questioning a guest, a senator or something like that. So, um, that has evolved. And I think, you know, um, you know, if you look at a CNN, um, they're just, they're just doing what Fox is doing, except for the liberals, you know, tune in to Rachel Maddow, Maddow on a night and listen to her. And, um, they're doing the same thing. And that, that's the, that's kind of the shame of it. Um, you know, everybody likes to go back to the days of Walter Cronkite and just delivering it straight. I watch the PBS news hour at seven. That's what I watch. And, um, I just think they have, um, better, better guests in the terms of they'll go to universities. They'll go to the United nations. You know, we've got, you know, with CNN, you've got a round table and, you know, four of them look like models and, you know, on, on uh, PBS, you don't have that. And, and, um, I think they just give it to you more straight, um, and uh, I, I, you know, I watched Chris Cuomo one night and I just said, yeah. you know, why is this guy shouting at me? What I should believe, <laughs> you mean, know, he's that, just screaming that, at I, me, I you think, know, I think and you, I, I, you know, I think you brought up a really good point about the reporters going on those shows because my, my issue's always been the lines are so blurred between journalists and pundits because they're both, you know, you have columnists and reporters in a paper and then on CNN you have the Cuomo's, but you know, there are actual reporters there. So do you think that is kind of blurring the lines when you see like, like a Maggie Haberman give her opinion on something? And, and that's true. It probably was, it was probably Maggie Haberman who was on there and who I, who I had some trouble with, you know, I had Jim Steele, Jim Steele and John Barlett were two investigative reporters at the Philadelphia Inquiry. They won two Pulitzers and they are considered among journalists as the greatest investigative team in history. Um, even though Wilbur and Bernstein are considered, you know, the most 
most famous. And Jim Steele used to tell me, he said, Jerry, we don't write, he said, she said stories. We're not stenographers. You know, you're going to take a position. But he said, the one thing you must do is give the other side. And that's what I think is not happening a lot here. I don't, you know, they used to say, you work as hard to get the other side as you did to get your premise and almost like a court case, right? You got the prosecution, you got the defense. So, you know, you present the evidence, which is documents, interviews, the interviews of the witnesses, and, but you have to do it on, on both sides. And I think if you do that, people are, people think you're fair to them and they'll talk to you again. Yeah, no, it, it, whenever you mentioned Bartlett and Steele, when uh, when I left the free press, I think the first time, um, <laughs> they they wanted to split my partner, Jim Schaefer, and I up, and, and the editor, who was himself a Pulitzer Prize winner, great, great journalist, told us, he's like, we're not looking to create another Bartlett and Steele. And I, I remember thinking, well, first of all, I don't think we're that caliber, but second of all, boy, if you could create another Bartlett and yeah, Steele. Why wouldn't you? You know, I mean, isn't that... Isn't that uh, isn't that going to go on your gravestone? I mean, come on, that's that's what you want. But uh, but yeah, those guys were those guys were terrific reporters. And- yeah, they were amazing. They they won the second Pulitzer. Um, they won the second Pulitzer. They went through the tax bill. I think it was eighty two, eighty three, and they found these little little segments that said. You know, tax break to a guy who lives on Monroe Road in, you know, Podunk, Texas. And, you know, so so they got all these, they, they, they you know, fished them all out, wrote a big story. Someone asked them, they said, you know, where did you get that story? You must have had a, a pretty big source. And they said, no, we saw it in the fourth paragraph of a New York Times story. We saw a mention of it and we just pulled that string and, and that's how it happened. So they were really, uh, they were cool guys. Yeah, they're they're very smart, and uh, and it was it was, that was back when there was a lot more earmarking, where you'd see people, you know, pile. Very we all hear about so. piling yeah. stuff onto bills, where it's like we want to build, uh, you know, we want to we want to pay everybody fifteen dollars an hour, but to get the guy from Wyoming in there, you've got to you've got to build a uh, a water park for otters in uh, you know in right. Cheyenne, right. you know, and then the guy yeah. in Massachusetts yeah. needs to have the. Uh, the uh the uh the, the mill museum you know and, and the guy in michigan i don't know the guy in michigan always gets a shaft but that's <laughs> that's the way it works but uh but jim jim and i when we were doing the kilpatrick stories where's the bell we used to get these uh this guy would call us all the time his name was frish and he he clearly was from somewhere in uh in the europe eastern europe and he'd call me say he'd always start always like this is frish and then he'd talk about the story what he thought he's like okay goodbye and uh, and it was kind of a regular thing. And there was another guy who used to call us all the time. He was uh, an odd guy. He would call up, and if you wrote about somebody, he'd say, um, can you tell me what their date of birth was? And he'd call reporters all the time. And reporters after a while would say, yeah, I think this is the guy's date of birth. This is how old he was. And I'd you know, mix it up and say, well, why should I give you that? What, you know, what, what are you doing here? You know, why, why do you want to? He would do charts based on people's date of birth. And I don't know what the charts said or why, what his purpose was, but he would always end every conversation by saying, are you drinking enough water? You need to make sure you drink enough water. And, and used to have these guys who would just kind of find you, almost like, uh, like Mr. Positive or Car Wash Joe who call the radio yeah. oh, shows yeah. all the time. Yeah. And they were just yeah. so weird. But uh, Those are the best, though, man. Uh, the the yeah. one the, I was I was telling the story yesterday how when you worked at police beat like well, twelve two in the morning and you may remember this me you get calls from bars 
and there'd be guys having bets, you know, and they'd go, can you tell me what year Babe Ruth entered the major leagues? And you'd have to look it up and settle the bet. But now with Google, you know, they, they can do it themselves, you know, but there was almost every night there was one. Yeah. Oh, the sports desk, they get it the worst. Because I remember calling one time myself and said, you know, hey, who played goal? It was Glenn Hanlon. I was like, oh, okay, that's who it was for the Red Wings. But I, I do remember the police beat one night in Allentown where um, uh, I was you, – you used to make the rounds on Friday nights. I'd come in uh, late and work until, you know, whatever, it was 2, 3 in the morning. Yep. And I was, uh, I was coming back, and I heard something over the scanner that somebody had hijacked – a garbage truck and it was right around the corner from the paper. So I went running out there and I see all the lights where they got the garbage truck. And it turns out somebody just went up to the garbage man as he was making his rounds, probably dumping all the commercial dumpsters and put a gun on him and said, get out. I'm taking a truck. It turned out the gun was a lighter, you know, it was one of those pistol shaped lighters. So somebody hijacked the garbage truck. I was like, what the hell? But by the time it all happened, it was after deadline for the Saturday edition. So I don't know if that one ever got recorded for the annals of history. But, uh, but you know, that we used to have a, yeah, we used to have a guy, he was an old editor and he was just nuts about grammar, you know, and um, I forget what his name was. And he would call in and leave those, you know, bizarre messages too. And I remember one time I went down and covered a death in Dover, Dover, and very sad to bring the coffin off. So I'm trying to describe the scene. And I said that, you know, the, the Navy guys were there with their sailor suits. And he caught up and he's like, they're uniforms. They're not suits. They're uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the smallest thing that bugs people. Yeah. Well, sounds... you know, you learn though. I mean, yeah. he was right. God, so he don't, right. don't, don't name him in case he's listening. Uh, although yes. I, I suspect yes. he's passed, but there was a, there was an editor at the morning call. Super nice guy, very smart guy, but he mumbled so bad I could never understand <laughs> Joe him. Joe Tom. Yeah. As you said, don't don't name him, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, I think you guys who'd been there for a while, you know, you could figure it out. But uh but I was so new. He'd come up to me and he said, Yeah, and I just start yeah, yeah, and I'd I'd leave and I'm like I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, man. I, so I'd go do something. I'd come back and he'd be like, so I guessed wrong. So I'm just like, oh shit, what am I going to do now? So you got to try again. It's like, yeah. so I don't know what to yeah, do. You man. were talking about voicemails and I got one when I was at the inquiry and it was this, this, uh, clerk and he called me up and left a message he said gene foreman the editor he needs to talk to you about something really important and he called and it's about so i'm like <laughs> oh my god what's he want i'm like terrorized it a day and then i run into this guy and he, he's laughing his ass off i mean he just tortured me that day just like he wants to talk to you about you know but joe thomas is an interesting joe Thomas story he had cancer and he was in the hospital around the corner from me so i'm trying to be nice i go and get him a book of short stories and i bring them to him and say hey joe hope you get better so he gets back to the newsroom and he sends a message and he says thanks for everybody who was there for my recovery except jerry shields who didn't believe i was going to make but he gave me a book of short, short stories, stories yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well that's a lot of a lot of characters in a newsroom and uh if you want to if you want to read you know all these guys messing with you maybe that's why you're always so nice to us because wow. because you're trying to trying to reverse all the all the bad karma that people are dropping. But um, if you want to read more Jerry's stories, and I highly recommend him. 
you know, these are great stories. No matter where you live, no matter no matter what your interests are. I mean, it's just just colorful stories, great characters. I mean, the guys worked in Philadelphia and in Florida alone, so you know you're gonna have some crazy stories with Baltimore right. yeah. in between. Yeah. So I, I'll tell you, I did manage to get Coleman Young in there. So oh. I'll tell you that story. So I worked with a guy out of New Orleans. His name was Bruce Albert, and he was really like a vaudevillian comedian. I called him Shecky, you know, <laughs> Shecky Green. So I called him Shecky. And you'd love to see this guy show up at a stakeout where you got to stand around because he would entertain me for an hour. We're on C-SPAN, and, you know, my wife had been a producer there. And uh, before we started, the host said, hey, we're going to have to make a disclaimer just joking that your wife's a producer here and bruce said you know c-span's pretty boring we got to sex it up and say you know he sleeps with one of your producers <laughs> but the coleman young story he worked for the detroit news for a while and he you know he pestered coleman young and so young would have the press conferences and he would ask all the reporters and then at the end he would say and now we're going to hear from the motherfucker from the detroit news <laughs> yeah it sounds like him it sounds just like him yeah, no, he, he, uh, that was great. Coleman Young, one time he was asked if he was on drugs, and uh, and he said, No, I'm not on drugs. And they said, Can you prove it? And he said, Yeah, I'll, I'll take a urine test. And I think the reporter was a woman, and she said, Well, how are we going to know it's your urine? And he oh, said, boy. You can come and watch as I put it in the cup. And this was that was that was Coleman Young. I mean, he was he was something else. So. So check out Jerry's book, The Front Row, My Jagged Journey, Recording American History from Reagan to Trump. And also check out his podcast, The Retail Politics Podcast, which is outstanding. And I'll, I'll just tell you a little something about Jerry's book. Uh, somebody once said, all I know about reporting I learned from three people, Bob Woodward, Hunter S. Thompson, and Jerry Shields. So that's pretty That's pretty high praise. So check that out. And Jerry, we, uh, we appreciate you making some time for us and not, not rubbing it in too much about how hot it is there. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. You do a great job and I'll keep listening. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? When Jerry is bragging about the weather down there, I did remind him that it's still Florida. And Jerry looks like he, he could use a haircut, actually. I'm not here to judge anybody. No, but, you're uh, not. That's why you give uh, he had a little food bit of instead of money. There. You don't judge at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to give you any money. Well, and you just run over these guys. You, no, you, I you actually splash them with a puddle. Give them money if I have the money, and don't worry about it from there, you know? Really? Yeah, it's up to them. I'm not trying to. But that's okay. Go ahead. I was uh, impressed. So, if I only, say, only Sean could turn a good deed into an <laughs> indictment. No, it's not really a good deed, though. It's more of a uh, but the self-righteous deed. What's wrong with the food? Just give him the food. Yeah, I usually set up a little fondue they table ask you for cash, right? okay. No, I'm the not going to give you cash, but I'll give you a chair. I think... Uh, hey, give him something. I was right. impressed with uh, our guest. It was great. And, but I was more impressed with the fact that I thought it was going to be all about you. You started off... Here, let's have a guest, but let me play a voicemail about me first. But it actually... <laughs> Was about Jerry, so hey, uh, we're we're growing. You want you want to know kind of you want to know kind of humility ML Alert has what that blurb that you read. Who who came up with that blurb? Uh, uh, probably ML. It's a Pulitzer Prize winner. <laughs> it was your blurb, right? Yeah, maybe. No, uh, no. I, I, I've noticed. I'm noticing a, a shift. I think it's great. <laughs> Uh, the rest of that blurb was, years later, I'm still an earnest student of Shields and Valuable Lessons on Journalism and Life. So, and it's true. ML work. It's true. Um, and yes, he does need a haircut. I needed one. I'm, I'm looking pretty tight now because I went to Lady Jane's. 
My hair was all scruffy. So you're quit anal mess- about your hair. I, you know what I'm anal about? What did you call me, the princess in the pea regarding audio? <laughs> It's very mean. <laughs> I was wondering, how was the audio with Jerry's uh, connection? <laughs> my, my seat just collapsed. Everybody watching on Facebook Live. Yeah, uh, now his audio was uh, the best, but that's you know, okay. Th- th- so there, that's right. We're not judging. There's I mean, certain, there are certain people who, who, who live by a code and have very high standards. And, uh, and to me, I'm like, if I can hear you better than I could hear Joe Tom, then you're okay. But Mark's like... The, Audio's got to be pristine, so we're always. So I said to him, I said, "You're sort of like the princess of the pea, <laughs> where you know uh, y- you have all these mattresses, and all you feel is the pea, like thirty mattresses down." And I'm the guy who's just like, "Thanks for all the mattresses." If you're gonna do something, do it right. Don't cut corners. That's fine. I do just, it right, just like Lady Jane's does it. Oh, so nice. get to the uh, okay. nearest Lady Jane's near you. Go on the website ladyjanes.com. You'll find it. Get a great haircut, a hot lather, neck shave. Hot towel treatment. It's all a safe, clean environment. They were double masked yesterday when I was there. So uh, make sure when you check in, too, if you're a first-time checking, you can choose uh, this podcast or the Drone Mike podcast, wherever you hear about it. It helps us out. So, yeah, click us in the login. Lady Jane's Haircuts for Men. It is wicked awesome. Who is your geek? Wait a second. Did what? they shave your beard for you? No. They would. You can do that. But you did it yourself. Yeah, well, or did somebody else do it? It's very meticulous. Yeah, it just it looks snazzy. Lady Jane's sexy, if I might say. Whoa! All right. Yeah, the, uh, like the, the way it tickles, huh? The stylist could, at Lady Jane's it, it will scratches wear, a little bit, but in a good way. <laughs> they will wear double masks, but they something, are not double baggers. These are very wait. What's he saying over there? Stylish stylist talking to himself. I know. I just it was lovely. Funny. They're lovely ladies at Lady Jane's. Okay, That's all I'm you. saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, now, go ahead. Before we get to the geek of the week, I, I, since we're doing some old journalism stories, I know I'm going to tell Sean this one because he's going to love this. But we used to do these things in in, uh, in in Chicago where I worked, and we did these things called South Towners where you would profile people uh, in the, the area we covered was the south side of Chicago, the south suburbs. We were the daily South Town. So I wrote a story about this, this barber. It was this woman who cut hair on the south side. She was Irish, so she was an immigrant, and so she she kind of had a little bit of a lilt, and she was a bit of a character – but her deal was when you would sit down, you know, most places you sit down, they say, how would you like your haircut? She would just cut it. She'd just see you and say, you know what? I think that's, this would look good. Yeah, that's what she happens would, to me now with my She would person. cut your hair <laughs> the way she thought it should be cut, which uh, I'm just waiting for Sean to attack this, this poor young entrepreneur. Why would I do that? Well, because she, she you don't, don't like capitalism. Yeah, you don't she like had people ide- making decisions for you. you no, wanna... she had ideas, though, right? I mean, Wait, so she, when I say had, something I, should be somewhere, I get attacked, but this she had ideas. This, she, this she, Mick who just buzzes people, what? she's okay? She has expertise. You are saying, somebody asks you for cash, maybe they just want to take the pain off and they want to go get a fucking drink. Yeah. You're like, no, 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 no. I don't want I don't want you to, you know, do any of that. You're gonna go eat tofu or whatever it is. A nice balanced meal for Exactly. Them. You're gonna, gonna get a, tofu. you're I gonna mean, get a balanced meal. Maybe a California. I don't care. Meal. Yeah, yeah. And then so. and then I'm gonna feel good about myself because I didn't contribute to you trying to escape this painful, brutal world. Whatever. <laughs> she, on the other hand, this awesome South Downer has expertise to offer you, so let her offer the expertise. Sean, let me ask him this. As far as I can tell, you have none. When you provide the homeless people with the meals and not cash, do you also provide them with a Kwame Sutra book? Oh, that's a good point. I, I do have to say I'm being a little bit of a, hip- a hypocrite because last week I was coming out of a, a tie joint and the guy asked me for cash, and I you know, I don't care cash anymore. A lot of people don't, obviously, and I said, I'm sorry. I walked to my car. It was cold. I put the food in the, bag, uh, in, in the car, and I turned around and said, hey, man, are you hungry? 
And he said, yeah. And I said, uh, let's go back in and get something to eat. And he said, actually, can you get me a gift card? What? Yeah. He said, can you give me, give me a gift card? And I, and I thought for a second, I thought, you what, know what? What, did he just eat? Uh, well, he said he wanted to get it later. He said, how about like $11.39 or whatever? He was very specific about this gift card. Uh, literally, yeah. beggars let, cannot let, be choosers. Let me let me tell you how that works. You get him the gift card for eleven thirty nine. He's selling it. I show up a minute later. He's like, hey, I got this gift card for eleven thirty nine. I'll give it to you for 10 bucks. Yeah. So, so He's an entrepreneur. Uh, so I thought to myself, all right, so whatever. He maybe didn't want to eat. He's just going to take the gift card and, and, and sell it and get some cash. So I went back in and got a gift card and for twenty bucks. Wow, I can't believe you. And, that's um, just a lot more work. But it was it was fifty feet. It, w- it wasn't that big a deal, and it was cold. And if Better somebody and he had a, and he had a limp, maybe it was a fake limp. I don't care. Whatever it takes. If you're out there at night and you're you're doing that, oh, I agree. Unless you're twenty two years old and you know trying to be cool or thinking whatever, because there's some of that, right? Panhandling, you want the the life experience, like squatting and shooting up heroin in the Cass Corridor Wait, in the eighties. Where, 80s where, where you are you going? With really this? from what? Troy and wanted to be cool. In any case, <laughs> you talking about? I'm, I'm getting El, I'm getting El I Ricky. My, in I here. hope my mom's not listening. Just I'm tell getting, just tell people. Is what I'm you're getting saying. El Ricky in here. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I of course he was going to sell it, or maybe not. I but I didn't care. I just like you know if you want to go to that trouble here, have at it. So there you go. <laughs> Did you at least ask him to subscribe to the podcast? <laughs> no, but I said I'm sorry. I'm out of Kwame 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 Kuma. Have Kama, you have you given? What's a, the sutra book? Uh, for for what it's worth, the difference between eleven thirty nine and twenty dollars would have. Would have covered the cost of a Kwame Sutra. But yeah, I've just I did tell him I was sorry about a Kwame Sutra books, and he said, "Oh man, they they need something to read too." Wow. Well, folks, uh, thanks for listening to the Red Shovel Network. Of course, we've got the Drew and Mike Show, <laughs> uh, Charlie Dust, No BS News Hour. And, I'm sorry, uh, we stepped Cyrus, on your precious. Cyrus, get a cash card. Geek you know, of the week. You know what? Some of those right. homeless people should do is probably um, get like a strategy for long term investing. Oh, they could call. Uh, well, they don't have a phone. Well, if they had a phone, they can call Luke Nowak at Pinnacle Well two four eight six six three forty seven forty eight. He can give them uh, rational and you rational financial advice. You can find out uh, what you should do with your money right now with coronavirus going on, or six months from now if you have a kid. How do you set up a five twenty nine? What do you do with your four hundred one k stocks, bonds? All those questions you don't want to deal with. It might be over your head. Get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowak at Pinnacle Wealth two four eight. Six six three forty seven forty eight. Securities investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated separately owned, and other entities and/or marketing names, products, and services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. That was awesome. You should have read what Mike wrote earlier in the show. <laughs> and not only will Luke turn that eleven thirty nine into twenty dollars, <laughs> he'll make it all about you, sweetheart. I know, but I just read it. So I know. I think just, that's awesome. Hey, just, just real where quick, were we? Before you get to your geek of the week and oh, whatever, yeah. whatever you're you. going to do. <laughs> Sorry. I just have a quick confession. And let me ask you this, Mike, because this is your podcast and it's all about you. When you give somebody money on the street um, or food or whatever, why are you doing that? Is it because you want to help them strictly or is it also cleaning you want to help cabinet. them and you want to improve your own karma or just – it's about you too. Is it? Is it about both, or what? What is it for you? It's part of a long-term plan to derail the podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we can't get to your judgy geek of the week here. But no, answer the yeah. fucking question. So, <laughs> judgy. <sighs> no, because so so Jerry um, <laughs> instilled this in me very early on that that 
people are entitled to some basic human things, uh, shelter, clothing, food, uh, kindness. And if they want money to get buzzed up or whatever, well, they can go get that themselves. But I'm, I'm willing to support somebody, but I'm not willing to support somebody's habit. Whereas you're sitting here saying, well, it, it looks like you're freezing your ass off here on the corner. Let me get you all tuned up so you freeze to death in an alley. I'm just like, no, here's a little food so you can burn some calories to stay warm to either turn your life around or come back tomorrow and I'll get you another. So you're trying to save him. So you're a missionary. I, I see. Okay. I'm not trying I was to just, save anybody. I'm not I was just interested curious. in any missionary positions. I'm just trying to help. Who's has calories? No, but I just thought that was interesting. It was the beginning of the thing, and Jerry was a great guest, and that's fine that we can talk about the wire and all that. Plus, again. I'd like him to have a little food in their stomach before they buy all that booze with the money you gave them. What if they just want to go get a little weed? Yeah. Well, then they'll... Then they'll eat whatever food ML gives yeah, exactly. But here, see, I'm not judging them that they must be addicts. I'm just saying, here's some food. Uh, Sean's like, like well, I hope this guy can get some Thank weed you, or drink some Thank stuff you, or get some heroin. No, or I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, so it's not like I live in some other. I just, lawless territory like Ann Arbor. They're going to be parking closet, on the street blocking in the I'm a EMS. closet libertarian. <laughs> Oh man, the geeks have inherited what? the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Is him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? That way I can just edit out that whole chunk, except for the reads. Is it, I'm just is, is it Groundhog Day already? <laughs> um, so I was thinking about a lot of candidates for Geek of the Week, and, and my mom told me that um, uh, she'd hit me, but no, she didn't. I wasn't supposed to say that. But she said sometimes the Geek of the Week tends to be someone who's not a geek, but somebody who's kind of a bad dude, and that uh, that I should try and... I think get a little geekier. So I was going to make it Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, a media star at the beginning of the pandemic, who it turns out was now stepping on some of the numbers on nursing home deaths. Sounds familiar. And, And while I thought Cuomo did a good job trying to reassure people, it was interesting to me to see him so beloved because Cuomo actually has been a very, very unpopular governor because he's been very secretive and he's been very imperious. And so the fact that he would hide some numbers because he thought he knew it was best for everybody, not so surprising. But but listening to mom, I think that's a serious thing. Meanwhile, so he wrote a book too. Yeah, so I'm not going to. But make... also the Christmas thing, Mike, or the, was it Thanksgiving, where he told people to stay home and not travel, and then he had his oh, family yeah. travel so, or gathered or whatever. So he's a hypocrite. hypocritical. Yeah. So so that's Oosh. too serious to be geek. So right. then I was thinking, T.J. Ducklow, the uh, deputy Biden press secretary, yep. who was abusive to reporters after Biden had said, "Hey, listen." If people in my administration don't treat people right, they're gone. Well, first, TJ only got a week suspension, but then I think as the heat dialed up, things finally kicked in, and he ended up he ended up resigning. Good. By the way, the reporter he was having in a, a a relationship with, I think I might risk my career for her, but I think you <laughs> shouldn't be a jerk to people because no, but you can be sexist. It's not sexist. It's, yeah, kind of. Go no, it's ahead. not. She's 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 accomplished. She's beautiful. What's okay. wrong oh, with that? Oh, so she's also accomplished. Okay. <laughs> I said accomplished first, and not because I was going alphabetically. <laughs> Just because Sean's here. Yeah, Sean would give her a twenty dollars gift card. <laughs> say you're looking good. Ten dollars uh, for each no, leg. I would not say, uh, would not say that. You're not that. okay. You'd probably curse a lot. So you're very accomplished. Here's a but, twenty dollars gift yeah, card. Yeah, exactly. It's like go get, you, go get yourself uh, some some Szechuan chicken. Um, but our winner is Lorraine <laughs> is that Gross. Szechuan or sesame. Whichever you like. Uh, that, I, again, I'm not trying to tell people what to do. With the gift card, you get whatever you want. So just go in there and make yourself. You can. I'm big on self-determination. No, I thought you were actually making the food, you know, and then passing it out, which would be nice. No, the fondue is already prepared. I warm it up. I, you know, I heat the Are little you sterno. It? Are you dipping the wick in yourself, too, so to speak? 
Let's keep it clean here. Um, uh, our winner this week is Lorraine Gross, whose dad designed the oh, Lombardi Trophy. Yes, what an idiot. She said she was upset with the way Tom Brady handled it during a Super Bowl celebration boat rally. It just upset me this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown around as if it was a real oh. football. Well, it kind of looks like a football. And he wanted it. It's his. Yeah. I mean, you know, your dad made the choice. It's not like it was uh, It was like a, a grotto with a Virgin Mary or a creche or something like that. I and mean, nothing happened to it. She's yes. making this about her. It's this a, is a stupid football. And by the way, the ever. yeah, it's like, oh, uh, I, I think the real message was my dad designed the Lombardi trophy. Yep. <laughs> so Lorraine Gross, because of your gross ego, you are our Geek of the Week. And I got some food for you. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. Jokes. A bad name. Hello. Joining us this week is perhaps my mom's second favorite misfit, or perhaps third favorite misfit on the show, uh, Mr. Matt Jennings. But before we get to <laughs> what passes for humor these days, I want to tell you about uh, one of the uh, one of the people who keep this show on the air, and that would be Mr. David Hall and Hall Financial, who supports all the shows on the Red Shovel Network, as does our friend Luke Nowacki. Uh, it's fewer shows but the support's just as important to all of us rates are currently in the twos so if you have been paying three percent or four percent or god forbid even more what are you waiting for call david hall today and find out how much a refi could save you every month in fact the savings is going to start right away because you can probably skip a couple payments as the paperwork goes through so that's immediate savings right in your pocket and with that low rate every month you're going to realize savings until that loan is paid off. So just click on our website to get started. You'll see a link to David Hall's website. Or give a call to 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Ask for Dan Morrison. If Dan's busy, give uh, Bill Adelhock a call. And make sure that you tell them that ML sent you. NMLS 1467435. Professor Jennings, how are you doing? How is the, uh, how is the history lesson? Great. Doing great. Good history lesson. I added four. I'm trying to make my segment a little longer, but I'm trying to do it very slowly and carefully. Okay, because let me just tell you something. Is that what the people want? Yeah. If it's not funny, uh, you're going to bring a whole new meaning to the word history. All right. I'm just joking. (laughs) Just joking. Joking. Oh, boy. Yes. (laughs) Just joking would be good, which is a perfect time for you to start joking. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we can get started then. This week in soft history, in 1923, researchers discovered that Tutankhamun, known to friends as King Tut, actually died of gangrene. Redefining the term, Egyptian dynasty. Because it's oh, look at Mark—he's laughing his ass off. It's an infection. Sean's checked out, man. He just. He just muted himself. Of course, Sean's checked Sean's out. Sean's more interested in the space heater. I'm cold. <laughs> Your jokes are not warming me up. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm the Britney Spears of the Red Shovel Network. Yes. Just uh, by the idiot. way, among Matt's biggest fans in our audience, my mummy. Aw. Yeah, I love her. She's That's so sweet. King Tut joke. We'll just move on. I, okay. I don't know which Six. one was worse. He was a mummy, you know, wrapped. No, no, no. We got it. Like, we got it. At least you didn't do that. Like Marky's wrapped a little tight. At least you didn't do that, Matt. 
I did not do that, and I would never do that. Thank you. In, in 1965, Drew Lane's favorite Beatle, John Lennon, took his driver's test and passed with flying colors. The driver's test, he passed because of practice. The flying colors, well, that was LSD. How God, excited dying laugh. How excited must Drew Lane be to get a plug on a on a podcast? He's probably he's like Thrilled. I love hearing my oh, name on the radio. It's he's, just he's doesn't he's happen very his much. against his chest. He's so happy. He's the only one that likes the Beatles, apparently. Oh, well, yeah, yeah uh, this is just. <laughs> he's a big uh, Paul McCartney album fan. I, I, I love this podcast. It's so much in the now. We're talking about LSD from the sixties. Oh, it's a history lesson. The Wire from the nineties and the Beatles from the sixties. I guess in the seventies. It 70s, is a history maybe. segment. Oh, it's the whole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> while Sean's calling people sexy and Mark's peeing on mattresses. Okay, guys, I got gotcha. you. Wait, wait, when did Mark pee on a mattress? I no, there's a pee under the mattress. I don't remember anything about <laughs> oh. that. I, did, I didn't call people sexy. I said Mark was sexy. What kind of children's <laughs> stories were you brought up on? <laughs> oh, five, come on, fire away. Oh. Okay. You know, they, they were called golden books. That was the funniest okay? one. <laughs> but not because of that. All right. Yeah, why not? Oh. We all know the secret. In 2014, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon officially becomes host of The Tonight Show, Ugh. which can only mean one thing. Carrot Top wasn't available. I will say you're, funny, you're funnier than he is, so you got that going for you. Thank God. But are your, are your thank you notes as, as nice as Jimmy Fallon's? <laughs> no, not at all. Th- okay. That's, I never really is that it? That, that's all you have? Well, I got one more. It's the most oh. important one of all. Sorry. Here we Sorry go. Yeah, Sean. It's the last one. That's okay, Mark. In, in 2020, Jeff Bezos, you know, the owner of Amazon, he pledged $10 billion to change to curb uh, climate change in 10 years rather than just shutting down Amazon and curbing climate change in two days. That's a good one. Yeah. That's poignant. Yeah. Listen to you. Yeah, Look at you. You remember, you're not supposed to laugh at these jokes. Oh, that's right. No danger there. See you again. There's an all-night party. You're safe. Seven, six, oh, I've been thinking of a way to make Matt's jokes funnier or to use the money that Sean may have given me on the street one time. And I think Altus is the answer. Ah. It's the Detroit original. It's making a comeback here in the greatest city in the world. It's the do anything, anytime with anyone beer. And now that we're back on the ice, I'm going to bring some to hockey. And it's going to help make all of our aches and pains go away. Because we're all very old, but the beer is very cold. And it's uh it's Oh please please need. rhyme another word. I I was about to, but you just kinda okay. sorry for being so bold. You ruined the moment. A lot of things that started here in Detroit went away, but Altus is back. It's a lager that patches a packs a punch and is seriously smooth and delicious. So go pick some up today. Go to Altus.beer. Big news on where Altus is gonna be available soon. But before we get to that, get some today. Don't wait. Go to Altus.beer to find out where it's available. And if you go to one of these fine 
establishments that recently reopened. You can probably get some on tap. But check it out. I promise the beer is insanely good, and you will be thanking me for saying thank you, my friend, for telling me where I could get myself a nice, cold Altus. That's mm. Altus.beer, as you can see. Uh, it's all over the map, just like, uh, just this, like, this, just like this broadcast. <laughs> and just like this week's guest in, uh, in Room 7609, Risk Risk with Disconnected Lines.
Jeez. No. <laughs> so last week Sean was basically saying, you know, new wave is dead, you're stuck in the eighties, blah 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 blah. And so I, I accepted the challenge and I said I'm going to go find some bands. Anybody that, that says la 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 in your set. That are current and uh what you don't you don't what what's worth the bees? Obla di obla da. That's that's not sort of nonsensical. It's a pretty good song, right? I mean, you, you're anti-Beatles now? No, I'm just saying, if you're going to play Depeche Mode ripoffs and Ooh. say that's a win. Well, so I thought I would stick it up Sean's... Uh, very, very... La, 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 by yeah. finding <laughs> a new new wave act that um, that is creating new wave music in the uh, 2000s, in the 2010s, in fact. And so... Is that, I, is that one of them? So that's Risk Risk with Disconnected Lines. And the reason why I picked Risk Risk to start this challenge is because Sean has this notion I do. that new wave music is created by some lonely guy with a keyboard. I and do. And so I picked Risk Risk. I don't. Who is, in fact, a lonely guy with a keyboard. But, uh, <laughs> but. That's I like new wave. But that's a new band? Yes. So this this guy, uh, Risk Risk, or whatever his real name Stupid is. Stupid name. Um, started well, he, making he, music. The mode was already taken. <laughs> it was a total ripoff. He had some. He had uh, some synths and stuff, and then he sold it. And then he didn't really do anything for a while. Then he decided, you know what? I'm going to start making music again. And so he started over with an album called "This Is 1983," and played it on a multi-track. And he <laughs> says it creates the original '80s flair much more than a glossy computer arrangement. So he believes in making electronic music, not computer music. So he went back after dumping all his gear from the eighties, kind of recreated his, uh, his, uh, his, um, his milieu, his, his instrument, his, uh, his muse, whatever you want to call it, and started playing music. So that's new, new wave music, mm. risk, risk, disconnected line. So if you have something that you think would be super cool, a band, that you think has that 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 new wave vibe, shoot us a line at uh, mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com or give us a call at 313-Butterfield-89070. That's 288-9070. Uh, new Wave Dave threw the killers out there and said, is this what you're talking about? Huh. And it is, but the killers are pretty well known. But yeah. did you know how the killers got their name? Oh, they murdered yeah, Please tell us. Sean, I... That didn't seem genuine. But anyways, the uh, the uh, New Order video for Crystal is is features a fake band, and the name of the band, which you can see on the drum head, is The Killers. And so the lead singer of The Killers thought that was so cool, and he's such a New Wave fan that he became, he created The Killers. And if you dig around on YouTube, you can actually see him performing Crystal with uh, Bernard, Bernard, Sumner and New Order without without Peter Hook, um, and it's all very precious. But uh, <laughs> so, anyways, that's room seven six zero nine. Keep these suggestions coming. Um, oh, sorry, what, I just Sean has, some, to, Sean has uh, a gift card for us. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> uh, you can. You don't. I'm happy to just give you money. You don't need a gift card for me. I just want to. You I have eleven thirty nine handy. I don't know if our listeners can uh, or our listener. Can see Matt Jennings. I, I'm a little bit concerned because he's right here on my screen, and he's rarely looking at the road. 
He's digging down for a, a thermos full of whatever it is. He's looking at the camera because he knows we're still in the pro. show. He's a pro. He I know, but he, he he's not. And I can see the snowy sort of landscape go by there at a fairly high rate of speed. And his eyes are never looking out. So I'm 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 just curious. Is he okay? He's smiling. I don't want. Don't touch your phone. I'm fine. I'm scanning the road. Scanning the road. I check my mirrors every eight seconds. And every once in a while, I take a look at your pretty face. What do you? <laughs> what do you? My face is not pretty, but you. Yeah, I'd much rather. Pod, have podcasting for none. We're not even on Facebook Live now. Nobody can even see what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm just you know, look at the road, man. He's pretending Don't he cares worry, about you. So if I could, if I this is one of those points in the show when I like to recap because Sean is concerned about people trying to tell folks how to live their lives. Now he's trying to tell Matt how to drive. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to tell him how to drive. I'm just worried a little bit. He's distracted by this awesome podcast. Well, maybe I'm not worried about people having bad haircuts. I'm just worried about their head being misrepresented. I don't have any hair, so anybody that can there's a little hair. Anybody that has a vision for how to make me look remotely presentable is it's a wild hair, but it's Lady not, Jane's. It's not on your head. Yeah, there you go, Lady Jane's. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> well, you know, I I I, I want to thank these people, but maybe we shouldn't because they're responsible for this show continuing. That would be our loyal sponsors, Frank and William. Joined by Greg, who this week writes, Hey guys, I've been a longtime listener of DMP, but started listening to Soul of Detroit in November and love it. Last, last week's show with ML's mom was so funny, especially when ML called Mark Stormy Daniels after Mark said how flexible he used to be. I didn't think it was that funny. Keep up the awesome job. Petro from Milford. Go Mavs football. That's kind of mean. Um, My wife thought that was very funny too, Mike. What? Then, uh, she did. So mean. She did. There's bullies. Um, <laughs> I can't take it. Uh, Mavs football, by the way, that's where uh, Ron Savage Jr. used to play oh, before really? he entered... Oh, into the military, our, uh, our our dearly departed friend Ron Savage, his son was a, a Mav. So uh, way to go, Milford. Um, Mark, uh, these these gentlemen have been very generous. How can other people show that uh, that they're more generous than Sean? Where can they send their eleven thirty nine? You can send it. Go to mlsolodetroit.com, Little donate button. Take you to PayPal. And that's it. It's that simple. Um, by the way, uh, please let our sponsors know that. Uh, that you appreciate them supporting the show. That's another way to help us. You can also buy our hoodies, long sleeve t-shirts, beanies, all kinds of cool stuff on there. We actually sold one of these big old clocks, which was all right. pretty cool. Lots of signed Kwame sutras available. Um, uh, Sean has not given them all away to the, uh, to the uh, displaced. Um, and uh, this is the coolest thing ever. One of our listeners liked the hoodie and talked to a bunch of buddies. They're now ordering a dozen hoodies. Oh, so, cool. So teams. I'm just a little worried that there may be like this gang forming in Romeo, the the, the, the Soul of Detroit gang, the Heather Blue Hoodies gang. That's so okay. hopefully, hey. hopefully they'll they'll you know continue to follow the laws. Hey boss, are we going to start <laughs> selling uh, hoodies, zipper hoodies too, at some point? We could, we could. I mean, for those of us that are kind of challenged, uh, you know, girthily around uh, the middle. I, I don't I don't see people that way, Sean. I only see people as people. <laughs> no, I'm talking about me. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Well, I don't even. Well, okay, I do judge you, but I don't judge other people. No, you don't. So yeah, we can look into that. If if people are interested, we'll in sell that, anything. Yeah, to, yeah, we're we're not as not everybody's as fit as you. Well, I'm 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 very fit now after after shoveling uh, two foot snowdrifts on the back of my house. It's insane. Um, there's another way you can support the show. You can subscri- subscribe. You can share the show. You can rate the show. 
And you can love the show or you can hate the show either way. Just give us your feedback at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. Voicemails again, Butterfield 89070. And we have uh, some readers, listeners, excuse me, listeners, viewers have, uh, have reached out to us. Chloe writes, hi, gentlemen. We love the podcast and hope Mike wins a council seat. Yay. The Danzig song introing Mike's mom was super funny. Mom is right. I, Chloe may be from England. Sean's quips at Mike are an asset to the show. If this is too random of a question, feel free to ignore it. Since Mike is a bit of a Detroit historian, maybe he would know this local <laughs> lore. How did the Ford family lose their grip on the Ford Foundation, which led it to moving out of Detroit to New York City in the 1950s? Um, it was maybe one of the most devastating losses in Detroit history. You know, I think there was some sort of family something or other there. I, 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 could, I could probably dig a little deeper, but what I'm here to tell you is some good news, that when Mike Cox was the Attorney General... He basically threatened the Ford Foundation to say, you are supposed to be for the benefit of people in Detroit and Michigan, yet you give very little of your money to people in Detroit and Michigan and threatened to sue them. And they reached a settlement where the Ford Foundation began to take a greater interest in what's going on in Metro Detroit. So that's been at least a decade. But the Ford Foundation, yeah, is definitely doing a lot more here in Detroit than it ever did. And I think they made one of their first major contributions was to help support the grand bargain that saved the DIA as the city of Detroit emerged from bankruptcy. So, um, good research, a little bit about the Ford foundation there. Pat says, Hey, ML, I know exactly who you're talking about. He's referring to my, my beef about the YouTube ad that, that haunts me. I feel (laughs) like I see that stupid ad at every turn. I gripe to my friends about it all the time. He must be selling a lot of those turmeric suppositories (laughs) to buy all that ad. I did not realize there were suppositories. Um, I enjoyed this segment with your mom. She reminded me of my own mother. Sean, as part of the silent majority, I'd like to let you know that I enjoy your work and your contributions to the podcast. Thank you. Amanda observes, as ML goes door-to-door campaigning, any frequent ideas or complaints heard that have sort of surprised him? Oh, that's a great question. Have you knocked on Sam Riddle's door yet? Um, I've not knocked on Sam Riddle's door, but he did put up a very uh, supportive tweet, so that was kind of nice. Oh, cool. And uh, Amanda also asks, thoughts on the board of trustees just grossly overpaying the new MSU police chief with a whopping $299,000 per year contract. Yeah, that does seem... What did the previ- what did the previous chief get? Uh, a little more than half of that. Why did they pay this guy so much? Well, the the university claims that the, his position is is greater than director of public safety. He's now a vice president at the university, and also I think they're looking to diversify. And this this gentleman is going to help them with that. And also, they there was some weird comment about he has international credentials, which I don't even know what that means. But that's a lot of money to pay a campus police chief. And, uh, yeah, it is. And typically, or at least I shouldn't say typically, when I was at Michigan State, I believe the police chief had a PhD. So you're now paying the police chief at Michigan State more than you're paying the police chief in Detroit, who I have to say has a tougher job. Yeah, so wow. That's, uh, that's very odd. Uh, both Amanda and, uh, and Chloe, by the way, are wondering if Matt Ishbia... Michigan's newest billionaire mm-hmm. may buy the Pistons from Tom Gores, Michigan's expatriate billionaire. And apparently, I don't know if this is true. Maybe Sean knows this. Chloe says that Tom Gores's brother just did Ishbia's IPO for United Wholesale. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. 
Ishbia obviously is a hoops fan, played uh, as a walk-on at Michigan State, and uh, has got a lot of dough to burn. Sean, any any thoughts on this? I don't I don't know that Gores wants to to sell it. I mean, I think he likes the Pistons too. He's just not the kind of owner. He's not like Mark Cuban sitting at home games all the time and visible, or Steve Ballmer, the Clippers owner, or whatever. But uh, I don't know that Gores wants to sell it. Is he the kind of guy that if a uh, number was right, he would think about selling it? If someone said, hey, I'm Maybe. Gonna- I mean, a lot of these guys uh, or gals buy these teams because they're toys, right? They're, they don't yeah. necessarily oh, yeah. see them as investments. I mean, who knows? Maybe you're right. Maybe the, the, the profit would be so great that you would do it. But most of those folks don't need the profit. They they want the uh, they want the fun the prestige and the fun yeah, yeah. that's it okay well I, we will we will keep an eye on that I I assure you that Sean will leave no stone unturned oh yeah that's he, me as he gets to the, <laughs> as he gets to the bottom why, why of that, are you ripping um, on yourself now yeah, in, uh, when don't I when when he's not when he's not busy um, uh, feeding addicts uh, the poison that will ultimately lead to their demise he'll be digging into that story I guarantee you. No. So, uh, Sean, what else are you working on? Uh, I'm not assuming people are addicts, but that's what I'm working on. Well, you're the one who said if I if if I were to give them money, they could go buy a drink or some heroin or some weed. I, didn't say I was thinking about heroin. I said uh, oh, I was talking about just, heroin. In a, that's in a, a reporting a, trick to get you to admit to the other two things. In a different sense. <laughs> Jerry uh, taught me that. No, I, yeah, right. I was just saying, hey, if somebody wants the cash, and I don't know, it takes some courage to ask, uh, or some desperation, or both, uh, and you have a little bit, you know, why not? Anyway, Desperate. what were you what were you asking? Desperate courage. That's a good. You must know what you're writing about next. Yeah, what's what's coming up? Oh, uh, what do we have? Uh, maybe more Pistons stuff. Look, Michigan basketball. It's the one team out of the eight that we yeah care about. The eight major teams. I don't want to offend uh, you know the the yeah, offend them. FC Detroit or whatever the soccer club that Mike. Uh, yeah, that you that, own that team, right? That whatever won't offend them at all. Yeah, no, 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 um, no. Michigan basketball is um. It's the one light, right, Mark? Yeah, they're, they've been a fun team to watch. The Pistons are sort of sneaky fun a little bit. They're not really yeah. winning, but the way they compete and play. and the Wings are garbage. I think they're winning some hearts. But I, I think I'm actually going to go to Columbus this weekend for the Michigan-Ohio State basketball game. game because they didn't have the football game. And I don't know. I'm just We're trying to mix it up, find a little something different. But, uh, yeah, it could be a huge game. The Arguably the two best teams in the Big Ten. Our listeners don't care about any of this, though, so uh, I'm not really doing anything. <laughs> Who's going to score? I'm here admiring you, Mike. Who's going to score more against Michigan, Ohio State's basketball team or their football team? Good question. Football team. Damn. Yeah, good question. It's going to be a lonely drive back to Ann Arbor. Uh, before we leave, I want to share these words of wisdom from Betty Zwolak of Berkeley. She wrote to the free press, wait till next year is a statement I've repeated year after year, as I'm sure many other Lions fans have, but come on. I'm sure that each player is great individually. I just can't figure out what happens when they come together. I know the Lions are restructuring and here's what I propose. Hire me to play. Oh, I am a 79 year old woman who can't (laughs) run very long is scared of being tackled and don't really understand this sport that I love so much. So I may be perfect for your roster. Let me know. That's great. Is this a neighbor of yours, Mark? Yeah, hopefully, you that's know great. Betty. Yeah. I, do, we, I, do we know who Betty is? He said she's in Berkeley, so she could be a neighbor. Do we know how to get a hold of Betty? Betty's maybe I'll, I'll clear off her driveway. Do we I'm, know how to get a hold of Betty? So, Sean, you know, maybe this is a story you could work on. No, it's a column, and it would be total fun to seventy-nine-year-old sit down with her to, uh, or no, have a phone conversation with her. We're in a pandemic, Mark. Oh, okay. So, okay. Well, so anyways, Betty. Uh, I mean, you're the pandemic uh, 
expert here. here. You, what me? Yeah. What do you? Why do you say that? I don't know. You're the ones with, with all the gels. You've kept us safe. You kept us distanced. <laughs> Ml's the you one. Know, you're got, the one that. You, Ml's the one that had it though. You were reading through the CDC charts and the, do, and the graphs yeah, about how and where it spreads. You you are our guardian angel, frankly. You're so wow. kind. Quite a and not only that, you set a foot heater—not a foot heater, excuse me—space heater. You set a space heater at my feet, and then rub my feet. I know because well, they were a little chilly. Because I suffer from a little, you know, disorder with the feet that way. To make sure the guests are comfortable. Is it, yeah. is it time for a show? Oh, so I'm a guest foot now. I'm a, I'm a guest now. <laughs> yeah. How, how are your feet, Sean? I thought I was. Are more they better? Part of the show, but I guess if I'm a guest, that's okay. Uh, yeah, they're. But Mark rubbed them, so they're much better. I didn't really care. Okay, anyways, uh, please listen to the other Red Shovel Network shows. That would be Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour and the aforementioned Drew Lane, who has a little show that's known as the Drew and Mike Podcast. And thank you once again for listening to ML Soul of Detroit. Please share the show, repost the show, rate the show, do all those great things. Subscribe so that new episodes pop up automatically in your feed. And in the meantime, be safe out there shoveling while Cyrus takes us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The combat. The courage. The splendor. The spectacle. Of Detroit, starring M.L. Elric as Perseus, Sean Windsor as Andromeda, Burgess Meredith, Maggie Smith, and Mark Fellhauer as Zeus. Before history, beyond imagination, Thor of Detroit. <laughs>